You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Yeah, you, you, you go cheap everywhere else except for quarterback, which is where I go as cheap as I can usually. Yeah, and that's how you got point three at that position. <laughs> that's you. That's what you sound like. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football. Bring you the latest in CFL news and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hook! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, Brazilian Thai. I am on uh, Uncle Watch right now. My sister's at the hospital doing her thing. I I do not know much (laughs) about this whole uh, childbearing thing. But uh, I've already bought the little one a uh, like a Saskatchewan Rough Riders outfit, so I'm doing this uncle thing right, right? Sure. <laughs> now, okay, I do have a nephew, but he was born when yep. I was in the third grade, and I know that I was a bad influence, but not we on were, purpose. We were both terrible influences. Let's be honest. <laughs> I was just being myself because I was in the third grade, but now and I have. He the was choice. also our DD. <laughs> now I have the choice. Do I purposely be a bad influence? Absolutely. It's not even a question. <laughs> Don't even finish it. Because you know what you you know what you do when the kid is getting on your nerves. What? You give him back to your sister. That's such a good point. Yeah, like I, I've seen my nephew five times, and he's seven. Really? Yeah. I never see him. <laughs> you sound happy. But every time I see him, I make sure I teach him something terrible. <laughs> Next up will be Ukrainian swear words. And <laughs> My nephew lives. I can actually probably see his place from mine. So I, uh, <laughs> I'll have a lot of chances to, uh, to uh, be a bad influence. But... If my mom calls with the news, maybe we'll get her live on the podcast. <laughs> she totally won't be happy, it. so I won't tell her that she's on the podcast. But uh, well, I'm going to have a hard time not saying anything. <laughs> I'll throw her on speaker and, and see what it sounds like, but <laughs> I'm on uh, Uncle Watch. We'll have Uncle Kura uh, being a bad influence, hopefully, in the very near future. Join to and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, it's week 17. I can't believe this is uh, flying by the way it is. I almost want it to slow down. But Friday night football, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers sitting at 7-7, seven and seven, third in the West, go to Ottawa. Ottawa's one-and-a-half point favorites. They're 8-5, and five, first in the East. Both teams on two-game win, win streaks. Ottawa, 4-2 and two at home. Winnipeg three and four on the road, but this is interesting. The Red Blacks four and six all time after a bye week during the regular season. Of course, that does count uh, the first season 
in 2014 expansion team struggling, but not very often do we see uh, under 500 records after a bye week. I, I think that's conducive to the the entire offense, more or less, and, and maybe Trevor Harris's you know inconsistency throughout his game. You know, for the last couple seasons, uh, just doesn't seem to string a lot of good. Efforts together, well, maybe not effort isn't the right word, but a lot of good statistical games together. When you when you have a hard time doing that, uh, again and again and again, it's hard to win football games. And you know, maybe they get on a roll, and the bye week just comes at a wrong time, or or something like that. But yeah, it just you know, just below five hundred, which is kind of what this team has been, uh, except for that first year. So it's not all that surprising. And uh, just for reference, this year, uh, week one was a bye. So week two, they beat Saskatchewan 40-17, to and then they had another bye in week 11. Next game, week 12, they lost 21-11 to the Montreal Alouettes. And Ugh. that game was at TD Place, so maybe there is something to this. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Uh, Winnipeg side of the ball, we should expect to see Nick Dembski back in this game, and I'm assuming Bomber fans are excited to see that. As far as fantasy options for the Bombers go, one name really stands out to me, and that's Darvin (laughs) Adams, who's had some massive games against Ottawa in his career. Yeah, uh, their their past defense hasn't been the greatest over the last couple of years, and Darvin Adams averages twenty six point one points against the Red Blacks. That's massive. That's that's okay. Like uh, <laughs> if you if you can find I don't know what else say if you can find a way to put this guy in your lineup, probably not a probably not a bad bet. No, not not bad at all. Andrew Harris is pretty steady. Uh, Eighteen points is what he averages in his career and against Ottawa. Matt Nichols. 16 points, but, I mean, you get what you get with Matt Nichols. You don't expect him to (laughs) go out there and score you 30 points or anything like that. You're probably getting Matt Nichols in there to save a little money in your lineup. Are you going to have any of these Blue Bombers in your lineup? Uh, That is a distinct possibility. All right, we will get to that uh, later in the show. On the Ottawa side of the ball, Antoine Pruneau was nicked up in practice on Tuesday, but Ottawa does hope to have him in the lineup for the game. It's not good when you lose yourself a Canadian starter, and uh, they do not want to see that on defense. Uh, We do have a standout performer uh, on Ottawa's offensive side of the ball as far as fantasy purposes go, and that is William Powell averaging 23 points against the Bombers. Which is not a huge surprise, being that it's William Powell. However, uh, with Winnipeg's defense, what it is the last couple of years, it's a little surprising. Uh, but it's just one of those teams, much like Andrew Harris against Edmonton, it's just one of those teams where he shows up against. How do you see this game going? Because it, it kind of looks like, uh, well, we do have the two of the league's leading rushers going head-to-head here. Uh, William Powell's got 1,141 yards. Andrew Harris has 1,101 yards. They're both averaging uh, over five yards a carry, actually over five and a half yards a carry. And William Powell has 16 more carries than Andrew Harris. I really don't see a clear favorite in this one, but I mean, it, it sounds too obvious, but whichever one can get their running back going, probably going to have the most success here. Yeah, and, and you know, Harris was banged up a little in the last game, and Michael Shea said that him and Dembski and, and they should be good to go. At that, I mean, 
they looked good in practice, so they looked great. It was as close as, as the reporters in, in Winnipeg could get to uh, confirming that they were going to play. Um, I just think I, I got to take Ottawa because Winnipeg doesn't pass the ball well. And I just, I mean, the running games kind of cancel each other out. And I, I just think that with Ottawa's aerial attack, they, they'll pull it out because I know we know that Winnipeg's got a bend-don't-break defense. And, you know, Lewis Ward could probably kick seven field goals in this game again. Yeah, I know. This might be a big field goal game for him <laughs> because mm-hmm. that's kind of what the bomber do- bomber defense does, a little bit of that bend-don't-break stuff. Yeah. I, I'm really hesitant to pick the Bombers here, but uh, they're on the road for the second week in a row uh, and a bit of a short week here as well. But I feel like the defense firing on all cylinders a little bit. They've given up 17 points combined in the last two weeks. Yes, I know one of the games was Montreal. And let's face it, both Montreal and Edmonton, their offenses are not really scaring anybody at this point. And... Man, Trevor Harris gets under pressure. If he throws that one turnover, which the Bombers really like to do, then I think Ottawa's going to be a bit of trouble. Both teams should be desperate. I really don't see a clear favorite here, and that's why Ottawa's only one-and-a-half-point favorites. So, well, and It opened at two-and-a-half, but the money just went one way and dropped it. But, I mean, these, these teams are so close. Um, the only glaring difference really is the passing yards. Yeah, that that's exactly just about it. I mean, uh, Ottawa's got an advantage there with Harris and Ellingson and Spencer and Sinopoli. It seems like if they get one or two of those guys going as well as Powell, then Winnipeg will be in trouble. But I, I mark mm-hmm. me down for the Bombers here in this one. We go to Vancouver, where the Toronto Argonauts three and ten, third in the East, still not out of it in the playoffs. They do need some help. <laughs> Um, they basically need to go four and one at least, and they need I think Edmonton and Winnipeg to go zero and five. So <laughs> that's probably not going to happen. Uh, BC, considering just... I think Edmonton and Winnipeg play each other again. Yeah, <laughs> do they not? <laughs> they do. Yeah, last week of the season. <laughs> so uh, Toronto is done for. Uh, BC <laughs> seven point favorites. They're six and seven, fifth in the West. Here's the thing. BC five and one at home. Toronto winless, zero and six on the road, and they've lost five in a row. BC coming off a home and home split with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Toronto did try to alleviate the travel by staying out west. The game's indoors, but they were practicing outdoors in Calgary during this big snowstorm. Foot and a half of snow, and they're playing outside in the snow. Kind of looked like they were having a bit of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, I would, if as Wally or not Wally Bono, sorry, as as Mark Tressman, I wouldn't want my team to be having fun after losing five straight games. I would think I'd want that practice to be a little bit more structured than that. Well, it looked like they did okay in the snow last week, so maybe they do want yeah. this game in the snow, or I mean, yeah, last year I, in the Grey Cup. Yeah, and I also am a jerk, so I mean. <laughs> Yeah, you are. You can't, you can't deny There's that. that. <laughs> the jerk, Steve Martin. Now that's a movie. <laughs> Who? Me? <laughs> hey, what did he name the dog again? Ned? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. Uh, Toronto, uh, this is big. James Wilder Jr. expected to miss this game. So... 
which isn't a big loss for this offense because they don't use them. Well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, how much is it going to change? Well, any time that I can throw in somebody that, uh, you know, is going to cost me $2,500 into my lineup, and they're probably going to get, let's say, on the low side of things, at least seven touches, and I'll, I'll throw them in there because I got some big yep. fat zeros from star receivers last week, so what do I got to lose here? Look Dignity. out for Brandon Burks. He scored himself the touchdown of the preseason. Can he make it happen? The uh, Tiger or Tiger Cats really sliced up BC's run defense last week. I know it was on the road, and we're probably going to see more from Dexter McCluster as well. So there's a few $2,500 running backs for the Argos if you do want to throw them into your lineup this week. I, I have to assume, and if BC isn't, then that says more about the BC Lions than anything else. They have to come into this game in their house, angry. Nothing short of angry. Oh, for sure. If they don't come in to this game with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after how things went in Hamilton, then they better check their pulse. Um, they got they got pretty embarrassed. Um, and, you know, Hamilton blew stuff out of proportion, used it for bulletin board material, and, you know, had a little bit of extra fire, and BC kind of didn't show up. Um, so yeah, like BC's got to come out and be angry and and ready to play right from the right from kickoff because they they need this win. Yeah, uh, they totally do. They're going to have some welcome additions to their lineup in the next week or so. Solomon Elamimian is expected to be cleared next week. He could return in week eighteen. Travis Lule was taking reps this week, but they want to get some more strength in that shoulder before throwing him out there again. And the Lions actually added Shakir Ryan to their practice roster after the Ty Cats let him go. Wally basically calling out Chris Rainey again, saying he's not happy with the return game. Really just seems like they have it out for Chris Rainey in BC. I I don't know what happened to sour that relationship, but I don't see him being there past this year. No, I don't know if he's not good in the room or what, but uh, yep. <laughs> it, it seems like they want him out of there sooner rather than later, man. Yeah, it, it's a shame because he is one of the elite returners in this league, um, you know, and and he can still take the offensive snaps and make stuff happen there. And, and if you get the guy in space, he can make plays. Like I I don't get it, uh, you know I. Gladly take them on the Riders. Uh, but, I mean, the return game has gotten better in Saskatchewan now, too. The only team I could really see it being an issue with is Edmonton. And, you know, they, they went out and got Martise Jackson, so that kind of takes that away. Uh, but Chris Rainey, this this story's been going for, for two months now, and, and it, I just don't see it ending well for either side. Yeah, um, it, it's sad because I, I think he's one of the most electrifying players in the game, mm-hmm. and... I think the Lions would be better off getting him involved in uh, in the offense. I, I, sometimes I don't understand how some of this stuff goes in pro sports because we're all petty. We've all got egos, and some of these pro athletes, we, we've heard it time and time again. They give up playing for this coach and playing for that coach. You're an adult. You're a professional athlete. I'm not saying Rainey does this. But it happens so often. Get out there and play and do your job. Isn't there any pride in 
winning, and that goes for coaches as well. This petty crap with Chris Rainey, the guy's clearly got talent, does he not? And I think the same goes for Jeremiah Johnson. What the hell's the problem? The guy deserves the ball more than three carries a game. And, and BC started the year with a crowded backfield, you know, with bringing in Rutley and Trayvon Van and then Jeremiah Johnson and Chris Rainey. Now they bring in Tyrell Sutton. I have no idea what's happening there. Ed Hervey has just... You know, I, I get him wanting to put his stamp on this team and make it his team, but it makes zero sense what they're doing with that backfield right now. Well, he he knows if they make the playoffs in the West, it, it looks like that is going to go through Mosaic Stadium and McMahon Stadium. So mm-hmm. you're going to need to play some outdoor cold football in November, and you're going to need to run the, run the ball with a uh, really physical offensive line and running game, and Tyrell Sutton can do that. So I, I think he's hoping and trying to but build so can a Jeremiah team. Johnson. Yeah, I know. I, I don't get that either. I, I think he's, <laughs> uh, he's a hard runner. Sutton may be a little bit different. Uh, he's probably better uh, when, when contact is initiated. Uh, I, I, Johnson probably has a bit more speed, I would think. So they're a little bit different. But, I mean, th- to be set for that... November that that maybe that's what Hervey's trying to do. By the way, I think the team best built for outdoor November football is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, judging by what they well, did to Edmonton last week have to in be. the cold, <laughs> kind of have to be in Winnipeg. I mean, hey, when half of them are actually Manitoba kids, they know what it's like to pay in that. Yeah, it only took us. It only, we only waited for a bus for an hour and a half and froze our toes off when we were there for Grey Cup. So I couldn't imagine standing on the sidelines for three hours. Whoa. Well, I was so mad that that kind of kept me warm because my seats didn't exist. So <laughs> I was in line for booze when you found me and told me that, and then I was mad and half drunk and wanted to <laughs> yell at somebody. Uh, so I guess back to the BC Lions. They're again fighting some injuries. Uh, on the offensive line, um, mm-hmm. Peter Godber at center, he got banged up. I think it's a toe injury uh, that he had. So he might be missing this game as well. You have to hope. And I, I really don't like choosing fantasy players on hope, but Jonathan Jennings needs to, really needs to rebound in this one and have a nice game against the Argos. And the Argos, their Mm -hmm. defense has not been good all year, so this is a good opportunity for him to get some of that confidence back, I guess. Very much so, but Toronto has proven that they can force turnovers. Uh, You know, wasn't against the best offensive team uh, in the last couple weeks, but they they have proven that they can force fumbles and, and get those interceptions and return them and score points themselves. Uh, but I just think, like, I know they stayed out there, but I, I just, BC at home is just such a monster. Um, the only the only way that I see Toronto winning is because they stayed out there and, you know, when Cloud Bethel Thompson is able to pull, pull some miracle out of his hat. Yeah, are you going to have any uh, anyone from either of these teams in your lineup? I kind of really, I'm kind of all in on BC a little bit here. I might have a couple players from this game. That, that's how you're going to do this whole show, isn't it? <laughs> I don't, no spoilers, man. No spoilers. <laughs> you know what? I uh, I kind of like... last last week I told you as we were going through, and then I changed it halfway through, so we had to do it all over again. Yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. You're probably <laughs> changing it as we're doing this thing. I uh, <laughs> I kind of like Devere 
Posey. He's really cheap. You got to assume they have to get him involved in this offense more and more mm-hmm. as it goes on. He's got some real big playability. We saw it in the Grey Cup in the snow. Uh, uh, over a hundred yard touchdown against the Stampeders last November, but he had eight targets last game. If they connect on, I think they only connected on four. If they connect on six, eight of those, he could have a nice game at BC Place. Oh, and especially with it being PPR, yeah, uh, you know those. It, it doesn't have to be a lot of yardage to, to rack up points. If a guy can get you ten catches and thirty yards, I mean that's not a bad day at the office if he's cheap. So if you don't want to fit in a Brian Burnham, he's over $7,000. Hey, maybe Devere Posey is a nice option there. And I really, I actually do have Brandon Burks in my lineup as well because any $2,500 guy, I am an absolute <laughs> sucker for that. You know that. Yeah, you, you, you go cheap everywhere else except for quarterback, which is where I go as cheap as I can usually. Yeah, and that's how you got point three at that position. Then you're point three at that position. That's you. That's what you sound like. (laughs) Uh, Thank you to a new sponsor of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB, Park Power. They are a Sherwood Park-based provider of electricity and natural gas. Here's the great part. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your energy from, and they're a local company. So that money stays right here in the province and... On top of that, I I think this is awesome. They're not a big company, so lower overhead. They get you some cheaper prices, and 10% of the profits go to local charities. Love what Park Power does. Love what they stand Hmm. for. It's really easy to switch. Check them out at parkpower.ca. It is parkpower.ca. C-A. Brazilian tie. Considering my power bill is $90 and I haven't been home for two months. What? You better be calling these guys then. <laughs> right. Mom went to check on it, and she had to turn the furnace up. So we figured the, the fan's been going nonstop because it was set at 17, and it's a little cold now. <laughs> the fan in the bathroom? What did you do before you left? <laughs> no, no, no. On the furnace. <laughs> oh, $90, man. Call these guys. Park Power. They'll take care of you, my friend. All right. Thanksgiving Monday. You're going to be sitting there. Well, maybe not you, Brazilian Ty, because you usually hate anything that represents family. Not not anything. (laughs) I know you like turkey. I'm not going to be anywhere near family on Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah, that's true. You're not by not by choice, but not that I would be, anyways. Are they are they going to make you work? No, but I only get two days off, and I'm 12 hours from home. Yeah. And if even if I was home, my parents' TV is too small for me to watch football on. So. <laughs> oh, I know a lot of Canada is going to be drifting in and out of turkey comas watching football on Monday. And I, I do not blame anybody one bit. I love the Thanksgiving classics. I love the Labor Day classics. I, I love it all. I feel like we should take over August long and Canada Day and uh, hit all these long weekends in uh, Canada. The first one is Calgary, 12.5-point favorites in Montreal. So they're 11-2, first in the West, Montreal 3-11, and 11, fourth in the East. Montreal has lost their last three. They only have one home win this season. Uh, and they've only got two more, including this one, uh, as the season goes on. Calgary looking to make it three wins in a row. 
and if they win or tie, they're going to clinch a home playoff game. But here's a little tidbit for you. Calgary is not one in Montreal since 2013. They're on a four-game losing streak in Alouettes in Montreal. And let me say, the Alouettes have not have good, had good teams in the last few years either. Breaking news. Now, this one might be a little bit different because in the past few years, Calgary's basically had it all clinched at this point. So by the time they go to Montreal, which... Usually the game happens, you know, quite late in the season. They're already kind of like, ah, whatever. We've already got it clinched, and we don't really care. But Calgary or Saskatchewan's got a mathematical chance of catching them a little bit. Maybe that does help the Stampeders care a little bit more heading into this game. Um, They do make a signing, Chris Matthews. And if you recognize that name, it's because he was with the Bombers in 2012, ended up winning most outstanding rookie. He spent the last few years in the National Football League. I mean, if this guy gets in there and makes any catches, I probably don't expect him to play in this one. But it's another one of those things. Man, this guy's just sitting here and the Stampeders plucked him out. That's a, that's a nice that's a nice signing for them. But this is big for the Stampeders. They should expect to see Eric Rogers back in the lineup. And I saw people talking on Twitter saying, well... You know, Eric Rogers is hurt, and we don't know what he's going to do in this game. Does anybody remember early in the season when he was coming off the injury? And he said his knee wasn't 100%, and he was still crushing everyone. Yeah, and he, he did okay. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll take a 70, I'll take 70% of, of uh, Eric Rogers any day of the week. Yep. It, it's better than my two hundred percent. So um, it's better than it's, it's better than a lot of guys hundred percent in this league. So I mean, it, the, the, if the guy's in the lineup, he's almost a must start. So they signed him just before week one, and it, I feel like it was like two days before the game, and I'm like, ah, he's not going to play. Well, he did. He only had to catch for thirteen yards, and then, then the next four weeks went like this. Five for 131 and two touchdowns. Five for 57 and a touchdown. Nine for 113 and a touchdown. And then uh, against the Riders at the end of July, he only had the one catch for 15 yards, but there was a touchdown. So five touchdowns in five games. Bo Levi definitely likes to throw to Rodgers when they're in the red zone. Uh, yeah, because he catches everything he gets thrown at. <laughs> it sounds like a pretty smart uh, strategy to me. Yeah. Who who would have thought? <laughs> so in his career, he averages twenty six points against the Alouettes. Am I reading this right? Uh, as far as I can tell, that's what I have. Um, I believe that's only one game that I have stats for right now. Okay, okay. Uh... That was earlier this year. Oh, <laughs> so uh, he did well against the Owls early this year. You're right, nine for one thirteen and a touchdown. I was in Calgary. Uh, let's see if he can do it at Percival Molson. Uh, Bo Levi, he's right around his average against the Alouettes. Uh, there's Don Jackson, Mark and Michelle. Maybe, maybe he's your poison a little bit. Uh, seeing a little bit more action here now with Bagleton, Daniels, and Jordan all out of the lineup. 
Let's talk about Montreal before we make the picks here. Uh, Tony Washington, uh, B.J. Cunningham, both missed practice on Wednesday. But uh, a lot of the teams, their full practice week is not starting until Thursday because they got the extra day. They're not playing until Monday. Johnny Manziel, William Stanback, and if B.J. Cunningham does miss... Maybe a Darius Bowman is an option. It seems like Manziel kind of likes to throw to him. And he, he's got a, a veteran receiver there to rely on a little bit. And throughout his career, I know mm-hmm. with Edmonton, the Labor Day Classics and things like that, Bowman averages 16 points against the Stampeders. How do you see this game going? It, it, it seems too obvious that uh, the Stampeders lose another one in Montreal, but... They can't do it again, can they? <sighs> I'm not taking Montreal again this week. They, no, I can't live with that disappointment again. Dude, I've, never been so almost... disapp- I've never been so disappointed in a rider's loss. <laughs> they almost proved you right, though, last time. Or in a, in a rider. I've never been so disappointed in a rider win. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to look like a genius. Ah, crap. Um, no, I, I think Calgary covers. You think Calgary covers? Yeah. I think Montreal covers that spread. Yeah, well, that, that, that's, I feel like we got to You're entitled to your here. opinion. I'm not waxing anything. We okay. got snow for the first time today. It's a little too cold for that right now. I'm I got to get accustomed to it. Either. There's got to be some <laughs> sort of bet here, man, because I think Montreal covers. I. So in our pool where we pay... I might pick Montreal just to try and make a move. And I might hmm. pick Montreal on the Pick'em website as well. But well, now maybe it, I'll just do that and completely screw you over. <laughs> and put it at 25. Now, Montreal seems to do okay against the run. If they're not on the field too long, I think mm-hmm. that's a big thing because, you know, the offense goes out there and, it's usually a two and out or maybe a trick play, one play touchdown, and the defense is right back out there again. So they get banged up and tired, and Calgary with all these injury issues and going to Montreal, ah, I'm going to lock it in. Alouettes! As much as I want to see Montreal win this game because they are playing the, the stamps, I just I, I can't do it. You can't do it. Uh, are you you're a bigger any- man than I. I was just going to ask you if you're going to have anybody from this game in your lineup, but I just bit my tongue. I'm going to move on to the next game. Uh- <laughs> I, I might. I might have a couple guys. Uh, Edmonton, 7-7, seven and seven, fourth in the West, head to Regina, who are uh, the Riders are three-and-a-half-point favorites here. Nine and five, second in the West. The Esks have lost two games in a row, while the Riders have won two in a row and six of seven. The uh, Esks have not been good on the road, two and five, and the Riders only four and three at home. That means they're five and two on the road, so they've been uh, not bad away from Mosaic Stadium. We start with Edmonton. The Esks are actually expecting Duke Williams to be healthy enough to play on Monday. And judging by how it went in the game against Winnipeg, it looked like he was going to be out for a while. Mm -hmm. Again, he did not practice on Wednesday, 
but they are saying that their full practice week does not start until today, uh, Thursday, because the game isn't until Monday. So he does get a couple extra days to recover. And if they have Duke in the lineup, it's a shoulder injury. He's all about making those acrobatic catches. You wonder how much uh, that would affect his ability to make those tough catches, even if he is in the lineup. Well, not even the ability. If he goes up and gets one and comes down on that shoulder again, uh, you know, he doesn't even have to get hit necessarily. It could he could be knocked out of that game again, yeah. or something something more serious than what it already is. So I think they're going to have to tread lightly with this and just make sure that he is good enough to play. You don't want to go out there and re-injure something, and you know, then their season like they're they need they need this win. They they need. They need to keep up in the West. They need to keep that crossover spot. Um, it's so tight with those bottom four teams right now that uh, you know they they need all their guns blazing uh, for the rest of the year to to make sure that they can clinch a spot. Um, you know if if they if what happened last week at home carries on to this game on the road, uh, they're in a lot of trouble. Do you think Jason Moss's job would be in any jeopardy? I'm just kind of throwing it out there because. Hosting the Grey Cup, the expectations for the Eskimos heading into this year after a West final loss when they took the Stampeders right to their limit last last year, and then to be in this situation, maybe on the outside looking in for the playoffs, would Jason Moss be on the hot seat? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the offense that he has, uh, the defense wasn't you know the the greatest. Um, they've been serviceable, uh, but just, you know, the, it took them so long to, to try to fix the special teams and that that's on Moss because, you know, he's the, he's, he's the head coach. If you don't like something in your staff, you have to fix it. That took a while. The offense that he had to start this year with, with Darrell Walker, healthy Duke Williams, uh, you got guys like Brian Mitchell, Vidal Hazleton and Kenny Stafford in the depth. Um, like there's no reason they should be a 500 team, uh, Inconsistent play, undisciplined play. Uh, you can, I think you can put that on the coach. Uh, yeah, it. I, I don't think hosting great hosting the Great Cup in Edmonton should have any bearing. I, I just think they they need uh, to make the playoffs, and you know, regardless of where Great Cup was, they they should be a favorite to to get to that game or at least the West Final. You know, it's kind of funny because up until the last seven or eight years. It was like, ah, your team's just hoping the great, hosting the Grey Cup. If you get there, you get there. But then <laughs> in 11, the Lions won at home. In 12, the Argos mm-hmm. won at home. 13, the Riders won at home. So there was a streak there where people were like, oh, yeah, the home team's winning the Grey Cup at home. But it, it has not happened uh, really since then. So it just shows how hard it is to win that Grey Cup at home and to not mm-hmm. really expect that your team's going to be in there just because the game, the big game, is in your house the last Sunday in November. I would like to see what they do with C.J. Gable. He's averaging 13.5 points against the Riders. Um, and I think you can run on the Riders if you run straight ahead. Because, man, yeah. Sam Hurl's the middle linebacker. If they're rushing <laughs> three... 
then just run straight ahead. You you should be able to get yards. But if you start that east-west crap, it's not going to work against the Riders with the Guavin and Moncrief and no. those boys. Keep it north-south. If if you if you handed me the ball and I saw Sam Hurl, I wouldn't be that scared. <laughs> and it's going to be. I'll another, just leave it at that. It's going to be another cool game in Regina as far as temperature goes. So maybe it's going to be another physical run game. I, I mm-hmm. kind of do like Martise Jackson here. They've got the new uh, special teams coordinator. The Riders have given up three return touchdowns, which is kind of crazy considering uh, Craig Dickinson, his special teams units are pretty good. And it's kind of forgotten because they've also scored return touchdowns. Mm -hmm. So nobody's really talking about the returns that they've given up, and maybe Martise does break one here. Uh, Let's talk about the Riders, because some really interesting news came out on Tuesday. Craig Reynolds says they are planning on bidding on the 2020 Grey Cup. Rumor has it the Bombers actually backed out of maybe bidding on the 2020 Grey Cup when Saskatchewan stepped up. Of course, they hosted in 2015, and I assume they're thinking, well, the Riders are going to come in here with uh, the shiny new stadium. It's a few years old now, but they want to host a Grey Cup while the stadium is relatively new. What's And Winnipeg knows they can't run a public transit system. Standing outside minus thirty five, oh. waiting for a bus that never showed up. It, it's just so hard to not crap on it because mm-hmm. Regina's shuttle system was a, a breeze. Even after the game that we went to a couple of years ago in Regina, the buses were done running. Well, that was and bad. a bus had a bus had broke down, and they brought another bus to get that bus driver home or you know back to the bus depot and they let us on for free and took us to our vehicle anyway even though the buses had stopped running that was good customer service but yeah the 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 system was stupid when you sit at the top of the west side in taylor field and the buses leave 15 minutes after the final whistle (laughs) yeah good luck I, I kind of spoiled because going to eskimo games and i i feel like mm-hmm. their public transit system is just bang on in edmonton as far as the buses and the lrt goes and the the riders are doing a lot better and i thought the shuttle service for the gray cup was good but it's going to be between regina and hamilton for 2020 and from what i've heard they want to announce the 2020 gray cup location by the end of this year so we could be knowing Lots sooner rather than later. Uh, I, I'm assuming that if Hamilton doesn't get this one, they will get 2021. If Hamilton gets 2020, then the Riders will get 2021. Um, because I feel so bad for Hamilton. 1996. I, I, I don't know how that has happened. Didn't. Didn't Trooper play the halftime show that year? They played in Edmonton in 97, unless they did two no, years ago. No, 97. No. I can't remember who 96 was. 96? How does that happen? <sighs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I figure if they don't get it, I don't, I don't know if they'd get it in 2021 because I think they would burn the city down. <laughs> but three, three straight Grey Cups on the prairies? You know, I love winter as much as the next guy, but... 
no thank you. Like, give us a little bit of a reprieve. Well, I think by the next Grey Cup, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of immune recovered to it. from the year before. <laughs> it's finally warmed up. <laughs> oh, who? What the? What am I reading? This 1996 Grey Cup that I'm talking about. It serves as a key plot point to a 2013 episode of How I Met Your Mother. Have you heard this? Mm. It sounds familiar. In the episode, teen idol Robin Sparkles derails her music career during the game's halftime show by unveiling her new grunge persona, Robin Daggers, which triggers her move to the United States, entry into journalism, and joining the program's core cast. But the real Grey Cup halftime show was the Nylons, I think. An acapella group. Mm. (laughs) So don't you go crapping on Alessia Cara anymore. (laughs) I never did. I just said Grammys don't matter. I just mean in general. Oh, um, that, that was the Eddie Brown catch. Yes, it was in the snow. It was incredible. Mm Mm-hmm. Argos so, and, you know, uh, maybe Eskimos. maybe another huge play. Ron Lancaster coached the Eskies in uh, that one. So <laughs> it's been a long time since the Grey Cup was in Hamilton, not only the team winning or hosting, um, but it better happen in the next two or three years. And, yeah, I would like to go just wear a sweater to a Grey Cup in 2020 instead <laughs> of stuffing hand warmers in my boots and things like that. <laughs> I just I just drink a lot more, I find. Yeah, you do. I know you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> Zach Caleros had a heck of a game last week. Can he do it again against Edmonton? I don't know. Marcus Thigpen averages 17 and, uh, 17.6 points against the Esks in his career. And Trey Mason, I guess he had 18.5 against the Eskimos early this season. And I thought he had his best week or best game as a rough rider in last week's game against the Mm -hmm. Alouettes. And the uh, Eskimos at times struggle against the run. It might be a good move to take uh, Trey Mason this week. Yeah, he's he's a – just his running style, he he runs north-south. He he tries to – you know, he takes what he's given. He doesn't try to make big plays, uh, you know, he he has the ability to, uh, doesn't bounce out too much, and that's great for ball security. Uh, and then you got Marcus Thigpen who can bounce off the other side is a little faster. Uh, you know, that, kind of that thunder and lightning aspect of, of that Saskatchewan offense. Um, you, you said Edmonton has been known to give up the run. They, their defense is soft. And I, I, I don't mean like soft. Like I just mean like they play a soft defense and a team uh, is able to, you know, get to that second level. Uh, with the run game and and the pass game is able to shred until they get into the red zone and things seem to tighten up a little bit. Uh, so I mean, there is an opportunity for numbers, uh, maybe not touchdowns so much um, in the passing game, but I mean, big numbers receiving wise and rushing uh, for for the Rough Riders this week. How do you see this game going? Who are you taking? I'm taking Saskatchewan at home. Uh, is it? Edmonton after last week, I, I just don't see it changing. I know that uh, Eskimo fans are kind of writing off their team right now, but uh, mm-hmm. and I know Mike Riley's been struggling, but I I can't I can't count them out. 
Um, Chris Jones likes to step up against the Western teams. Uh, it seems especially Edmonton and Calgary. So it's going to be a hard-fought game. I'm not. I'm not saying that the Eskimos are going to walk into Mosaic and get smashed. I, I think it's going to be a close game, and the Riders. I mean, uh, they can clinch uh, home home field with this one, so they should be firing on all cylinders, and the Eskimos should be as well, fighting for their playoff lives. I am going to pick the Riders in this one, though. Who are you taking uh, for your uh, fantasy? I'm, I'm going Jonathan Jennings. Uh, weird. I mean, you know, cheap quarterback again. <laughs> Don Jackson, Andrew Harris, Ricky Collins, Darvin Adams. Marquise Ambles and the BC Lions defense. All right. How much money you got left there? $128. All right. I got Double J, Jonathan Jennings, Trey Mason, William Powell, Brian Burnham, Kyron Moore, Brandon Burks, and the BC Lions defense, $179 left over. Subject to change. Winner, winner. <laughs> yeah, you win. Uh, I had seventeen dollars last week, and that meant nothing. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it was really hard to have a good week last week. It was. A lot of people ended up uh, struggling. I think so. I guess a programming note for next week: um, we're not going to have the show come out on Tuesday because I'm going to be at the game in Regina, and then I've got an eight-hour drive. To Red Deer, and then I got to work Tuesday morning, <laughs> and then we're gonna. I Ty, I hope you're in because I'm just springing oh, this yeah. on you now. Uh, we'll record it Tuesday when I'm done, and then get it out as fast as we can. So we'll we'll have it Tuesday night if you're in your Eastern time zone. It might be close to midnight or something like that. But Tuesday night we'll have a, a new episode of Two and Out for you as I. Uh, as I do stupid things and drive across the province to go watch my team possibly lose to my wife's favorite team. Man, I, I got to get an upper upper leg in this relationship, man. And that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm the curse, man. I have not. Are you well, kidding? No, I've not seen the Riders win in person for a while. <laughs> uh, last last year. Which in game? Edmonton. Oh, in Edmonton? Yeah. Yep. Deron Carter returned a two-point convert. Well, that's a year. That's a long time. Yeah, but how many Ryder games do you see in a year? Well, enough. Four, five, something like that. Yeah. You know what I'm really excited for? What's that? My mustache and jean jacket combo at Grey Cup. Oh, I, can you tweet out a preview of this? Or are you, is, <laughs> I don't have the, no I don't have the jean jacket. Okay. Because that mustache you got, that lip caterpillar is beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Nobody at work seems to agree with you. Well, they're jackasses. (laughs) They are wrong. Ignorant (laughs) and wrong. (laughs) We're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. There are uh, podcasts on the network for everybody, my friend, uh, for movies. The I Have Some Notes podcast, or just I Have Some Notes Greg, Colin, Scott, uh, they talk about some mediocre Hollywood movies, one podcast at a time. I'm trying to think of a mediocre movie. Maybe, uh, do you remember Street Fighter with Jean-Claude Van Damme? Ugh. <laughs> okay, is that below mediocre? <laughs> <laughs> 
Like you're setting the bar pretty low. <laughs> I am a sucker that, for that. That means movie. episode one of Star Wars is like a blockbuster. Then okay, episode two mediocre. Episode one's great, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll give you that. Okay, Street Fighter. <laughs> so bad. No, come on. No, IMDb. no, I refuse. The guy that played um, General M. Bison, Raul, uh, was his name? The, the actor? I thought he nailed it. Raul Julia, he crushed it. I'm not having this discussion. All right. Well, you it's can't so have bad. a podcast if only one guy wants to engage, so. <laughs> now, if you want to you talk about Tin Cup, that's a discussion we can have. That's a great movie. Not as good it's as Street greatest. Fighter, but it's a good movie. No, okay. <laughs> now you're now you're just saying things that now you're just saying hurtful things. <laughs> All right, buddy. I'll talk to you Tuesday night. Sounds good. Give us a rating, a subscription on iTunes or any podcatcher that you like to use. I'm Travis Curra. He's a Brazilian tie. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.